When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football, heaven. We appreciate you uh, being here, and uh, we'll take more phone calls at 855-242-7285. We'll talk about the Auburn situation that we have alluded to bottom of the hour with uh, a man who covers Auburn for AL.com. Bob is up next. Hello, Bob. Hello there, Paul. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You're the guru of SEC football. And well, thank I, you and very I like much. I listen to you. I listen. Uh, I know that you are a favorite fan of uh, Alabama and everything, and uh, I'm a Georgia boy. And uh, I'm, I'm just wondering, since Alabama's been the only team that's been able to beat Georgia in three years, what do you think what, what's going to come of Georgia uh, with all of the pool and all of the stuff? Will they be able to maintain their leadership in SEC? Yes, Bob. I think uh, as of today, it's the best program in the SEC, has the best coach in the SEC, and we've never been able to say that until this moment, but they do. And uh, I think they are among the many beneficiaries of Saban leaving. Just from a recruiting standpoint, they've already taken uh, perhaps the most impactful coach on Nick Saban's final staff. So, uh, and, and Kirby Smart knows the Alabama playbook, and he knows a lot of people there. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, Georgia doesn't need much more of a break, uh, but it, it, it received one the other day. Yes, <laughs> I uh, I have uh, been waiting for many years for Georgia to to come to the state that they're in. Well, uh, they are. Can in you a good hear me spot. now, sir? They they are in a very good spot. Right, right. Thank you for taking my call. Thank and you. Keep, keep going. I like to listen to you. A pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to try. Uh, Hollywood uh, Fred is up next in Memphis. Hello, Hollywood. Hey, Paul. How are you today? We are doing Sounds great. Like you got a pretty uh, versatile group of callers. Uh, uh, normally, I'd be out on the golf course, but up here in Memphis. <laughs> you know, I saw Memphis this morning on the news. It uh, looked uh, pretty snowed in. It really is, Paul. It's, uh, it's about 12, 16 degrees and oh, about six inches of snow. So I said, well, let me sit down here and turn on Paul because I do have a backup plan. <laughs> and and uh, I turned you on. I've never played uh, golf yes. in the snow before, but I'm sure it would be fun. Well, no, at my age, no, not at my age. I, I played when it was 28 degrees, but not with snow on the ground. No. But uh, when I switched you on, uh, you had uh, Mike Griffin on. And, of course, I've seen Mike Griffin on before, but after watching that interview, I thought, well, I might have to make a call. But yeah, That might, that might have been people. the end of Griff for this show. 
Yeah, but he, uh, he, hey, you had so many people calling. I said, I better not call in on Mike Griffin. I don't think this would be the day to do it because they were really, uh, you know, getting on his case, and I can certainly understand that. But I did have a question maybe uh, with this transfer portal. Paul, what actually brought that about? It wasn't the, was it the NCAA? It couldn't have been the coaches. Uh, and the transfer portal, of course, I had a son that played football. He he was recruited by Fred Pencoast out of Memphis State. Sure. And then when Coach Pencoast left, uh, it was that grace period in there where they hired Richard Williamson, who had coached over at Alabama. And my son just wanted to play so bad at Memphis State, he goes on out. And I went for the interview, but then at the end of his sophomore year, uh, you know, with things the way they were, he started talking about transferring. And at that time, Paul, the transfer uh, situation was uh, you had to sit down with your position coach and the head coach and a guardian. And then you had to kind of, you know, have a little interview and see what the situation was. And also at that time, you could not trend. Of course, Memphis State was a independent for a long, long time. So you could not transfer within a conference. And then you had to get a letter of release. So long story short, uh, the rules have changed so much since back in the 70s till now. I was wondering what brought about you know, the transfer portal, portal as we see it now. Well, I mean, I think in some ways uh, college leaders realize that they had an unfair situation where coaches could leave and players couldn't. Uh, I think they were running into some difficulty, uh, perhaps from a legal standpoint. I also think COVID uh, had a big impact on that, where suddenly okay, uh, okay. everyone yeah. can do anything. And, and uh, I don't think they had any idea of the chaos uh, that they were creating. Fred, great to hear from you. Be well. Hope you get back on the golf course soon. <laughs> John is up next. Uh, hello, John. Paul, appreciate you today. Thank you. Um, just a few things. Uh, one, yeah, obviously losing Nick Saban uh, is unlike losing any coach, maybe in our generation. Um, and, you know, we'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. And But one of the things I feel like is being lost in this is just how great the program of Alabama is. And their part the university's part, the, the school's part, the fan base, the expectation, the money, uh, all the things that come along with Alabama football uh, that's been a standard in football since the beginning. It was Alabama that went out west and put Southern football on the map, was it not? It, and, and since sure. the inception of, of SEC football 1925. in 1933 – Alabama's been the standard, Paul. And so with that, I would say that Alabama was great before Nick Saban got there. It's no coincidence that we've birthed the two greatest coaches in the history of football, college football. And Alabama has a place in that. Will there be a reckoning? Will there be a course correction with losing a guy like Saban? Of course. Will, will we feel it for a while? Yes. 
but Alabama has a standard. There's a reason why Birmingham is the number one college football market in the country. It just means so much here. You know that. You uh, you know that better than anybody well, on the well, planet. Well, I said it, John, and I said it last week to somebody that, uh, I mean, I there, there are few people from a from the, from my my world uh, who have benefited mm-hmm. more from the passion of Alabama football. And you and you you put it on in print and 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 uh, and sound you know in television now for all of us to see and we appreciate you for that and thank you uh, just like the the gentleman that called earlier with losing his son just means so much and so many great memories but you know Alabama has had some buffoon coaches in the last 30 years that won 10 games in SEC championships oh, yeah. no, uh, you know <laughs> by the way I think this is correct um, but I, 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 at least since Ears Whitworth Every Alabama coach mm-hmm. has won a, an SEC championship or ten games. Uh, you know, Shula didn't win an games. SEC. Yeah, so uh, I mean, that, I mean, Mike Shula right. uh, was one of the worst coaches I've ever seen, but he won ten games in, <laughs> in uh, 2005. Uh, Mike Dubose exactly is truly one of the biggest buffoons to ever be a head coach anywhere, and, and he won the SEC championship, and he beat Steve Spurrier twice in the 1999 season. You, I mean, you can't come up with things. You can't make that up. No. But what I, I am I kind of going away here on this call today, two, two things I want to, I want us to, to, to recognize. When Nick Saban came to Alabama, one of the greatest things he ever did is he hit the reset button. Because you would, you would agree, Paul, that we were still living in the in the in the yes. Bear Bryant yes. day, yes. with our boosters, with Paul Junior, uh, with the access that people with money had to our program that made us vacate oodles and oodles of victories because of cheating. Uh, you know, and so getting that cleaned out. The other thing that that you remember well that Alabama did for so long is if you weren't connected to the Bear as a coach, they wouldn't hire you. You couldn't get a job at Alabama if you didn't have. It was almost like the Old Testament going back to the, to David, you know, to prove you. You know, you had to prove your lineage of Paul oh, yeah. Bear Bryant before you no, could well, be a coach. You're 100 right, John, and and I do want. Thank you for the call. I want to address that. That was the one thing Nick Saban put an end to. But I, I think it's uh, I think it's unfair to uh, Paul Bryant Jr., uh, who for who was a son of of uh, Paul Bryant, uh, the, the the coach, and I may have the juniors mixed up, but. Uh, Brian's son uh, has done as much for the University of Alabama as any person uh, in history. Uh, he has given more money. He has given more support. And I never believed uh, the, the perception by some in the media that he was uh, an interferer. Uh, he, he, he helped in many cases. And for a long time, we were stuck uh, in the Bryant mode, but there was a reason for it. Uh, Paul Bryant left behind so many disciples uh, and finally, uh, it was time. And, and that's what Nick Saban did better than anyone else. But it was also the time for him to do that. And he, he cut the cord that needed to be cut. It was a different time. And he had already established himself. And, and he walked in the first day and said, hey, we're going to do it differently. Uh, now, did he need some of those people? Sure he did. Uh, you, you can't do it by yourself at a school like Alabama. And, and Alabama still needs those people today because uh, Alabama is not as big uh, as a lot of uh, programs. 
and their pockets are not as deep as Texas and Texas A&M and some of the other ones. And money matters right now. We'll take a short break. We are coming right back. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. And we are back, and uh, let's continue with more phone calls here. And Henry is up next. Uh, hello, Henry. Paul? Hey there. Look here. I got a question for you. When when uh, Coach Debrow starts this year, do you think he'll have the same expectations as Nick did by discipline and strengthening and, you know, and do you think the players will look up to him and, and try to give 110% as they did for Nick? Well, Henry, I think I, I think they will. Uh, players understand one thing, a, a chain of command. Uh, and any head coach, with the help of his assistants, has to institute that, or otherwise they're going to fail miserably. And I'm, I'm sure that's always a challenge, especially nowadays when all of the players have their hands out. But uh, that's what Saban was able to do, uh, along with Kirby Smart, probably better than anyone else, is manage that. And that's going to be Kalen DeBoer's challenge. I mean, he had good players at, at Washington, but most of them were he developed or, or were developed. Uh, he's dealing with a different type of, uh, of talent level at Alabama in, in, in mass. Thank you very much for the call. Johnny B is up next. Hello, Paul. Johnny. Thank you. Thank thank you for taking my call. I enjoyed Griff and Brett. They are great guests. It appears they had a great holiday season. Griff got new hair. Ha ha. And Brett has to be happy to have received his family's heirloom members only jacket. Jim should call and apologize to Griff and to Dabo Swinney. Also, I wonder if Sandra 
sleeps with her shades on her head. Ha, ha, ha. Bring me toilet paper, a box of wine, cigarettes, the ramps froze. Dang it, my mom wrote this down for me. She was liking the way it was going with Domino. I got to go. This is all messed up. Bye. Some calls make sense. Somebody's drinking. And then some guys just call, call on the way home from uh, happy hour. John is up next in Georgia. Hello, John. Hey, Paul. How are you today? We are doing great. Thank you. Yeah, how was your holidays? Uh, John, it was uh, it was good. Thank you for asking. Oh. Well, my holiday, I, 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 I the last time I talked to you, I was big. I was uh, Georgia Bulldog and ATL, and now I'm moving to Birmingham, Alabama, and I thought you'd probably find that kind of humorous. And that uh, uh, here I am, a University of Georgia graduate, and a season ticket holder for many years, and now I'm going to be living in, in Alabama. And I was going to. Well, John, you will not be alone, by the way. When, what, when what I live there, I do not to perish. One of my neighbors was uh, one of the biggest Georgia fans in the world, and I, I see him every time I go over to Athens. So you'll have some company, not a lot, by the way, but. Uh, you'll have a little. You'll, yeah, a little well, bit. I've met a few over there. Yeah, I have a lot. The reason why we're moving there is my wife, Crystal, uh, grew up in uh, Homewood and uh, and Hoover, and we're we're buying a house, building a house actually, uh, on Sydney Drive, close to the Galleria or around the Galleria sure. area. And, yeah, my, uh, that's, and that's, you'll like the that, house uh, is moving along really quick. In fact, the last time we were there, and the floors were in, the driveway was in, and, and we're looking forward to moving over there. But, of course, we have to sell our house here in, in Alpharetta before we can move. Sure. And that that's becoming a challenge because young people today want to buy a house, even though it's been around for a long time. And my wife and I have done a lot of stuff to our house but they want everything perfect. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm 70, I'll be 71 this May. And growing up in my lifetime, you know, definition of perfect has changed drastically. And uh, so- well, John, anyway, a couple of things. Number one, uh, I, I, think you, I think you'll it. like it in Birmingham. My wife's from Homewood too. Uh, I've only bought two homes in my, in my life. I didn't like either one of them um, and ended up liking both very much. So uh, you uh, you'll adjust. I think Birmingham is a great place, so. Well, I, I, I know I used to travel on my first job out of Georgia. I sold veterinary equipment and Alabama was one of my uh, states. And then eventually I got into uh, selling pharmacy pharmaceuticals and I didn't like that and then I sold field monitors the OBGYNs and I didn't like that because they were going to move me to West Virginia back in when I was still in my 50s and I wasn't uh, wasn't well I wasn't even 50 yet I was in my late 30s and early 40s and Atlanta was a hopping place then but then uh, when I was over there I found out that women got married when they were uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, and, and, and I had to spend the weekend in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, which was a beautiful place if you like to hunt and fish, but yeah. I don't like women that are, were looking for husbands 
uh, in everywhere you went. And uh, mm. so then I've I never had that problem. You had that problem already? I met a guy. I've never had a, I've and, never had to deal with that before. No. <laughs> well, Wish I had. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I met a guy from Japan and ended oh. up working for Sanrio for many years and became an executive. And that's how I met my wife in Birmingham. She worked at Rich's at Century oh, sure. Plaza Mall, which is no longer there. Yeah, I used to live in there. And, so here I am moving back to Birmingham, which I'm John, really you, looking forward to. It because I just love you let me know what, what I can do. Place. I feel like uh, I can. Uh, I know the town pretty well. I lived there 32 years, and uh, I, I hope you uh, sell your house and uh, look forward to continuing this conversation. Um, so he was uh, was he he was bothered by all these women looking for husbands? Yeah, the young girls want a husband. I mean, it really just kind of depends on how you play that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a there's an art to that. That's right. <laughs> that would be a, in that's on my pod, my marriage counseling podcast. <laughs> we have to go to a break <laughs> because we have we have real things to talk about here other than re relocating something I'm not interested in never doing again. Matt Cohn covers Auburn and he joins us next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hugh Freeze called continuity invaluable, but Auburn has only faced change. Matt Cohen joining us from AL.com. He has been covering Auburn. And, and Matt, many thanks for, for being here. Uh, there's so many places to start, but I want to start with the Music City Bowl. We just heard that line by Hugh Freeze, which has gotten a lot of coverage. Can you just take us through that moment in time uh, up until today when there has been so much perceived chaos going on down there? Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. The um, Basically, kind of hitting into the Music City Bowl, at that point for Auburn, you were coming off two consecutive losses to New Mexico State and Alabama. And you'd come, you know, you'd be at that point where it was going back and forth between, you know, was Philip Montgomery going to stay as the coordinator? There had been a lot of struggles with the offense, but Auburn, to get to a bowl game in the first place, had won three consecutive SEC games by playing 
really well on offense. And before that, New Mexico State lost. They had to score 48 points against Arkansas and Fayetteville. Like, things were looking good on offense. So there was this question of, would Auburn make any staff changes? And then kind of you got to the Music City Bowl. The press conference that you guys just showed was from the was from you know fewer than 24 hours before kickoff of that bowl game. And Hugh Freeze kind of, you know, you can read between the lines there, and especially with the hindsight of what ended up happening, he was going to make changes. And I think looking back on it, I think he probably knew he was going to make a change before he even said that in the first place. Um, at that time, kind of Philip Montgomery and defensive coordinator Ron Roberts were standing in the hallway outside that press conference ready to you know, come on stage next. And I think there's probably a good chance Hugh Freeze knew what he was going to do already with both of them. The bowl game comes, Auburn looks terrible in the bowl game. Peyton Thorne re- basically reopened the quarterback competition by playing so poorly. Um, and it looks like it, kind of with the way that the transfer portal is p- played out, he'll probably end up being the guy next year anyway. But um, the, the you basically had the situation where Hugh Freeze was, was saying, okay, I need to make a change here on offense, especially because it had just been so bad. And, and he said after the game that he was not really involved in the game planning for the offense for the bowl game because he was recruiting. And the entire idea of hiring Philip Montgomery, Freeze had always said, was to allow him to recruit and have someone who could kind of handle the offense while he was out recruiting and building the roster for 2024, 25, 26, and, and so on. And Montgomery just didn't get that job done. Very clearly shown by how when Freeze was involved in the offense, Auburn looked a lot better and Auburn won. And when he wasn't involved in the offense, it was quite bad and Auburn didn't win. So that kind of, that change was had its writing on the wall. Auburn pretty quickly let go of Montgomery almost immediately after the transfer portal window closed for Auburn, um, which I think is, is not coincidental timing. That was very purposeful. Um, the more interesting one was kind of Ron Roberts leaving the defensive coordinator. Uh, he was reported to be leaving for Florida a few, uh, about a week or so ago. And actually Florida just announced his hire about an hour ago um, as the co-defensive coordinator there. The, the, the fit there just seemed like that was, the issue more than anything because I like the defense was much improved under him this season compared to 2021 2022 um but you're now at this point where Auburn has to replace both its offensive and defensive coordinators the, the 2024 season will be the fifth consecutive season where Auburn will have a first year offensive coordinator and a first year defensive coordinator that's not a formula for winning. And Auburn's already hired one of its positions for that, for that spot. Uh, Charles Kelly, Auburn announced last week, the former Colorado defensive coordinator, will be the co-defensive coordinator for next season, which leads you to think there's going to be another hire that Auburn hasn't made yet. The offensive coordinator job still seems open. Uh, Derek Nix, the uh, associate head coach and wide receivers coach at Ole Miss, has been linked to the job. He's obviously, should Auburn go that route, there, there's a few factors involved there. But but that he's has seemed like the favorite to this point. And Lane Kiffin's been tweeting a lot about Derek Nix in a very Lane Kiffin fashion. The, the other kind of coaching changes you've been looking at both happened on Friday last week. Um, and I think there were some rumors about it, some stuff kind of going on behind the, 
behind the scenes and a lot that's not confirmed. But what would kind of from the outside appear pretty sudden was Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge both resigning on Friday. Well, Cadillac resigned on Thursday night, uh, Etheridge on Friday. Um, and, you know, those are two Auburn legendary players. Uh, Zach Etheridge was a team captain of the 2010 National Championship team. Cadillac Williams, you know, has his name on a plaque on the sidewalk downtown. Uh, these are, are really key Auburn guys. And, and they, they, they're both just, they're, they're, they are both going going elsewhere. Neither were Hugh Freeze hires in the first place. Um, and Auburn Slash has to replace both of those guys too. So there is, there's a lot going on with this staff and it's just a complete lack of continuity, which Freeze wants and he just hasn't had it. Talking to Matt Cohn, uh, covering Auburn and uh, has written extensively. I, I want to go back to uh, Etheridge and, and Cadillac Williams. Uh, everybody remembers Cadillac Williams as interim coach. Uh, many thought he should, should have gotten the job. Um, there's obviously a, a lot of noise out there about why this happened and, and, and really uh, the timing of it. I realize you're a reporter. I don't know where this story is because you, you, you know we have been a little yeah. consumed at the other end of the state. But it, it, did, it did get my attention, and I'm particularly curious what you know. Yeah, so there's a lot that at this point I think is mostly rumor. Um, there's a lot that's not confirmed. And um, for lack of, of not wanting to say something that that's you know, not true, obviously, I don't want to you know, totally go. It's, it's hard to fully go down that road. Um, so really at this point, just a lot of uncertainty. And, and it's hard to it's hard to leave it at that right now. Obviously we're all kind of digging and trying to figure out exactly what happened. But I mean, again, those are two big names at Auburn, like Cadillac Williams, people still think right now he should have been the head coach in the first place. And I can't really blame you for thinking that like he did, you know, they went two and two. It's not exactly a, you know, a lot of success during his four games as the head coach, but the energy he brought was awesome. And that's why really Hugh Freeze retained him in the first place um, because of the energy he brought. And I really think that would have been a really bad PR look to let Cadillac go at, at that point. So I don't know if it was a relationship issue with him and Hugh Freeze. They, I, again, obviously, and I'm sure people have, heard or seen you know some of the smoke that's been going on um behind this behind the scenes and it's hard to say what if any of that is true um so i i think it's just a lot of uncertainty there um it also and this is totally my opinion on the matter but it, i think it's fair to wonder if uh, the the Williams and the Zach Etheridge departure were related, considering they happened within 12 hours of each other. Um, and Zach Etheridge already had a, another job lined up. He is going to Houston. Uh, Cadillac Williams will get a job elsewhere. I, I, I've heard he's pursuing potentially an NFL opportunity if that were to come up as a running back coach, maybe elsewhere in college. I think he has kind of got a really open door of what he might go do. But it is, at this point, a lot of uncertainty. Matt, I, I don't know uh, exactly what you know about Cadillac's Williams contract, but I'm assuming he had a really good one based on all the love and attention uh, for him. And by the way, Hugh Freeze said that at his opening press conference, yeah. how critical he was. Uh, do we have any idea uh, the disposition of, of that contract, which I'm assuming had more time to run? It's just, it's just rather bizarre that you walk away. We don't know where you're going. And it's also hard to imagine the next job is better than the one you just left. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this was a this, at least from the impression I've gotten, is not a situation where Cadillac Williams maybe wanted to leave and more so was kind of pushed to leave. Um, and again, that's that's not confirmed. That's kind of just what I've 
garnered from the situation. Um, I think his contract, I mean, he was being paid close to a million dollars because, because he was, um, the, the assistant head coach based on what he had just done. Like he was getting a lot of money and whoever Auburn brings in to be the running backs coach next, uh, is is not going to get that kind of a salary. You would think, and depending on how they, how how they do it, because Derek Nix, should that be the route Auburn chooses to, to go and, it's unclear if that's what's going to end up happening or not. There are obviously a multitude of options. That just has seemed to be the favorite. Um, he was Hugh Freeze's running back coach at, at Ole Miss. So if he were to become the offensive coordinator at Auburn, maybe he gets a salary similar similar to what Cadillac had, um, just because he'd fill the, 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 the running back role and the offensive coach role at the same time, and the offensive coordinator role at the same time. Um, so I, I think that is kind of more at least what seems – to be the logical track here. Um, otherwise, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that was necessarily a contract that Cadillac Williams didn't want. Um, he was. He was making a lot of money. <laughs> so, so, so Matt, let me, uh, and, and let me I, ask yeah. you the, the same question you would ask me if if, if I had just said what you had said. He's making a million dollars a year. That's hard to find. Uh, he's beloved by the Auburn people. Many wanted him to get the head coaching job. So why? So why was he pushed out? Yeah, and I, I guess that's just that's just the hardest part of, of this is that a lot of it I think is just the relationship thing. Um, and and again, to put aside any of the rumors of things that may have happened behind the scenes, just because I I can't confirm it, so I don't want to you know say something that's potentially not true. Uh, but but the what what may seem like a fair thing is that he just was not a fit with the new with the new coaching staff, and um, that may have been why I think he was pushed out. And that's just it's it's such a hard situation right now because i think there's i mean the questions you're asking are completely fair ones the questions i've been kind of asking myself and and there's just so much uncertainty right now and i think we're going to get those answers over 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 time it's hard to not know right now as we continue to kind of dig into that and and try to get something confirmed um but i mean i i like fans have asked me the same question and and it's hard not being able to give a full answer at the moment because i i there's just not a lot that's certain um other than the uncertainty so i i think we will know in time i i I think the relationship with hugh freeze was probably a big reason in this um same with ron roberts i think it's it's a coordinator's very similar issue here um and i think that just you know it's a first year coaching staff is going to have things that don't fit that's natural um to have a name like cadillac or something that doesn't fit that's really a a big blow to auburn because he's such a you know, a really big cheerleader for this school and such a big part of what makes up Auburn, if that makes sense. Listen, there's a thousand more questions. I'm not going to ask you anymore because I realize (laughs) you can't answer them. But but I think a a very big question needs to be asked. What in the world is Hugh Freeze doing there? Because it seems like everything he has touched the last couple of weeks has gone down the drain. Yeah. And it's a like the the situation that Auburn's put itself in is not a good one. The this is not a I mean, Maybe Hugh Freeze thinks that what he's doing is he's going to build a staff that, you know, maybe it's going to be more because the, the, the two hires he made that are gone, Ron Roberts and Philip Montgomery, both guys Hugh Freeze got in, they didn't work. Like the Ron Roberts defense, maybe it was improved, but clearly there was a cultural issue there. The Philip Montgomery offense did not work at all. And you've gone 0 for 2 now on your coordinator hires in your first year. You got to get these ones right in, in year two. Like that's if, if you get these hires wrong, these recruiting, the, all the recruiting wins Auburn has is not going to mean much if you don't have a staff that can, you know, maintain continuity. I, you know, to the point of, you know, Auburn's had is going to be, I, I, again, the fifth straight year of a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. 
And Auburn's had, you know, they haven't had a 10-win season since 2017. They've had three straight losing seasons. This is not a way to win football games. And great, you're bringing in all this talent. That's good. The roster's going to be better. But if you don't have a staff that can get its own end of the bargain done, you're not. that's not going to mean anything. And, like, Hugh Freeze has to get these hires, right? Something that I think uh, we've talked a long time ago was whenever that day that Nick Saban retired would be – I didn't think it was going to be this year, but that's happened anyway. And, and Auburn had to be in a position whenever that day came to make the right hire so they could be stable and ready to you know, take advantage of that most vulnerable Alabama moment in two decades. And, you know, maybe Auburn has the head coach in place at the moment, but the staff is not exactly set right now in that moment when you could be recruiting out of the portal from Alabama and taking advantage of this situation where Alabama's in this massive period of transition. And I don't think Auburn is exactly where it maybe wants to be when that moment finally arrived. We'll leave it there, but I don't think we're going to leave it there for long. Matt, thank you for <laughs> uh, reporting and your, uh, your honesty. And sometimes it's what uh, reporters don't say and what they can't yeah. make stick at this point is what the story will be the next day. Thank you very, very much. We'll take a short break here. More to come and more of your phone calls right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, man, is up next. Good afternoon. Well, hello there, Paul Feinbaum. How are we today? We are doing great. Thanks for checking. Yeah, that, that is excellent. That is excellent. I guess I've become the favorite boogeyman on this program. I mean, the Bammers just can't take it. You, you have a few detractors, yes. What now? You have a few detractors out there. And they don't detract me. They may detract you, but they don't bother me at all. I mean, I told them once before, I'm not your damn role model. Grow the hell up. I mean, you know, why don't he talk about his own thing? Why can't I? You know, when they say stuff like that, Paul, I mean, you know, I've been listening. I'm the longest continuous caller to this program. You are? I've been listening a real long time. And, and you know, for all these winter lickers that have just kind of come in, you know, talk about your own team, we've been known to talk about a lot of 
the things over the last 22 years or so. And, uh, you know, talking about football, we talk about everybody's team. Now, if you only want to talk about your team, hey, you just bust your ass and talk about your team. But I'm going to talk about your team, too. And I might talk about your little fella coach you quit. And I might talk about a coach from Washington. I might talk about a coach from Ole Miss. I might talk about any damn thing I want to. Because, after all, it is my opinion. And, you know, I've, I've been listening. Some of these people, these gnomes, aren't even... If they were yard gnomes, Paul, I wouldn't even put them in the damn garden. I mean, they, I might... I'd sell them, I'd sell them little cheap Chinese knockoffs and give them to somebody down the street that needs some gnomes for the yard. I mean, they're not worth responding to, especially individually by name, because I don't care who they are. There's only a few people on this program I'm going to respond to by name, and you're one of them. I did hear old Jim call in. It, 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 Jim's back. He's just, you know, he's such a detractor. You know, Jim kind of got that all kind of screwed up. When Jim called and I was talking to him, and he's going to tell me what my religious views ought to be versus his, and I told him to kiss my ass, I meant it. And I told him I'd put my foot in his butt. Now, Paul, what would I look like having to go to the hospital and tell the doctors, no, amputate my ankle, cut his ass off because my foot would be planted in ankle deep. Ankle deep, I'm talking about ankle deep. And that field goal would be good from 52 yards in the wind. You think I care what Jim thinks? I try to show the old fellow respect and give him, you know, be a friend because he doesn't have one. And that's who he is. He's the same Jim that he's always been. And if that's what he wants to be, that's fine. And if he wants to tell you he was better than Ted Williams, he was better than Ted Williams. I don't care what he says. But I tried to show the old fellow some respect and kind of, you know, just listen to his phone calls. But, Paul, how many times can a guy call you and say, you should have took up for me? You should have called and say something. You should you take – I mean, you, you know, a phone call is a phone call. And, and Jim, I will talk about you, but not today. Because you're really not worth my time. I'm moving on. The little fella quit. We got a new coach up here. It's on the hot seat. And you are old news. You're old news. You quit. When Nick Saban quit, he really didn't quit. But he's quit more than you've ever quit when you said you've quit a thousand times. Now, Paul, this thing going on in Tuscaloosa, I know the Bammers are all nervous and they're bringing the knuckles and white knuckles and, and they're scared to death because they know it's all falling apart. They know the dynasty is over. The dynasty is over when the dynasty ain't there no more. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? That's the way it works. I mean, if the dynasty, if the if the dynasty guy ain't there, the, the quote legend, the goat, if he ain't there, it's done. Now we got a new kid in town, and guess what? Whoa, whoa, whoa is him and and all the fans. We play for championships. We play. For, I want you to talk about his team, boy, damn eagle. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.